This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. I'm Tank Spencer, and I'm back. It's good to be back in saddle. I'm just so glad to be back in front of a microphone after... Oh, it's been a rough few days. I will say that. I'm glad to have you back. Because you know what I learned while you were gone? Your job is terrible. Well, you know. Um, I, I like I sitting like over it. here, and you're great at it. <laughs> I like sitting over here and telling jokes. When I have to come up with three hours of content, oh, yeah. not so good. Oh, I'm yeah. good at see. I, I treat my content development much the way I treated my dating life. Okay. I'm very good in short doses. <laughs> the more time you spend with me, the less appealing it is to spend yeah. more time with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's spot-on analysis, brother. Spot-on analysis. It's me in a nutshell. Uh, I want to thank everybody who reached out, though, over the last few days and uh, and, and gave prayers and support as we were dealing with a, uh, a medical emergency within the family. Uh, everything is everything is good. Everything went as uh, swimmingly as possible, and we really do appreciate all of the uh, thoughts and prayers out there. So, again, thank you to all of you. Out there in Radio Land, I know you're not supposed to say that. That's one of the that's one of the no nos they teach you in broadcasting school. Don't ever don't ever talk about people in broadcasting land. Well, but we all have a close relationship, and I feel like we can share these things with each other. We're all friends. That's that's right. We're all friends here in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, we we have some people that are that, that are no longer friends though, Who's and that? many of them reside in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> This this is very true. This hour of the program brought to you by Ingles. Low prices, love the savings. Yes, now uh, welcome into day one of Julio Jones Watch. Julio Gate 2021. <laughs> uh, we had- I just I, I, I want to give a shout out to the real MVP, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. Anybody that is willing to use a, a speakerphone call on a nationally syndicated show. Look, that you was, are the real MVP. That was planned. They 100% completely it was. planned that out. Did anybody not notice that they had the audio from from Shannon Sharp's phone plugged into the board? Like you it wasn't going through his lapel mic. They planned that out completely. And th- so none stop it with all of this. Oh, I can't believe he put him on blast like that on national television. Like, dude, he sent him a text message or talked to him before the show and said, hey, look, we're going to do this thing. I'm going to call you on the air and you tell me what you think. Well, here's the thing. Who doesn't know what Shannon Sharp is doing between <laughs> hour A and hour B of right. every day? Right, especially if you consider him a very close friend. Which apparently Julio Jones does. I guess so. So, I think, I mean, literally did Julio know was trending on Twitter for three hours already. Of course already. he knew. He knew, and this was a plan. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about it for a week. You know why? <laughs> because it's a week before they could do anything. Right. And Atlanta coming out, and, and Atlanta has been in... Uh, absolute damage control. Oh, absolutely. We want a one for Julio Jones. Well, that's all fine and dandy. Mm-hmm. I would like to be four inches taller and 50 pounds lighter, <laughs> but that's not going to happen. Right. I would, uh, 
I'd love to help you out with that, but I don't think I'm giving up primo draft capital for a 32-year-old receiver who, don't get me wrong, he is Mr. Consistency when he's on the field. Problem is... Yeah, he's, he's questionable. Not the, he's not on the field a lot. He is the guy who is listed uh, most questionable in all of the NFL. Yeah, uh, if, if he finds a way on the roster in Atlanta week one, he will be a DMP didn't want to. Right. When he plays, he's one of my favorite players in the entire league. I have nothing but love for Julio Jones. Trust me. He's won me enough fantasy football games. He's my dude. All I'm saying is, I don't know that this was the way to handle this. I'm I'm here as as an outlet i'm here as a conduit for jets nation and i am willing to say that for for only a third round pick we are <laughs> we are willing to allow julio to to come to to come live his dreams in the no, big apple now live in reality with me here we're this is this is solid second round pick territory i i don't know come on sam darnold got a second round pick come on Sam Darnold got a second, a fourth, and a sixth, but Sam Darnold's a quarterback. <laughs> Sam exactly. Darnold's a quarterback, and he's a young quarterback. Dude. I mean, I get that. I get that. But Julio's a, it's a two and a player. Yes. I will say, if I hear one more person tell me that he's going to Jacksonville, I'm going to audibly <laughs> laugh in your face. Yes. They're going to trade Tim Tebow and a second-round draft pick for Julio Jones. Uh, it would be the, the, the swing of the century. Tim Tebow's current value is whatever. You know that bag they have that keeps all the kicking balls in it? Okay. He's worth that bag. The not bag. the balls. Not not the balls. The oh balls are important. Gosh. Those have been, you know, we took it right. prior to those. Those have been rubbed down. We hit them with sandpaper. We've got some time invested in that. Mm-hmm. Tim Tebow's value is the bag <laughs> that brings them to the stadium. But, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm looking at, at Julio Jones's. He's not the only one. I see several moving pieces here. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I won't be shocked if he's if he's headed to the AFC to play for a team that I'm not real fond of. To the New England Patriots? Won't shock me. Why though? Why? 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 Here's what I don't understand. One of the first reports after the, after the Shannon Sharp live video call or live phone call was he really wants to play with Cam Newton. No, he doesn't. Why? That's factually inaccurate. It's got no, to no, be. No, he doesn't. No, he does not. <laughs> I don't think there's a wide receiver on the planet that wants to play with Cam Newton. Uh, I, I did tweet out a, a, a video that's, if that does happen, it'll be Cam's first throw to Julio Jones. It's fantastic. You can find <laughs> it on my Twitter, at ESPN. Feel free to throw a comment out there. Okay. You know, just, All right. I've been going back and forth with a uh, nationally known comedian that apparently I just don't know who it is. Oh, okay. He liked a bunch of my stuff on Twitter. Who is it? Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't know. Well, he's, he's, he's a blue check. Uh, yeah, but I'm not on that screen. Oh, he has a blue check mark. <laughs> you ain't even That's learned his I name know. yet. No, I'm horrid with names. <laughs> I'll remember his face for the rest of my life, but right. I have absolutely no idea who this person is. Yeah, he has okay. a blue check mark, so I went, "Hey, I should probably remember that." There you go. And then it didn't. Yeah. Yeah, well, the the Julio Jones thing is 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 funny to me. I, I I mean, he does have value. He has a lot of value. But why on earth would he want to go to New England? I don't understand that. All of this blind faith that is out there for Cam Newton, I I just can't wrap my head around it. Maybe I've been hanging out with Jeremy Green too long, and I've just I've drank the Cam Newton stinks Kool Aid. <sighs> Maybe that's it. But I don't know. I, I mean. He's fine. 
He's okay. Uh, he's not you're using to me, bad. Wrong. No, to me, he's not bad. To me, he is fine. He's serviceable. You're saying the word bad wrong. He'll get, <laughs> he'll be able to get you the ball. No, no, no. Just on follow, occasion. Just, no, no, no. Just follow my list. Buh. Ad. <laughs> but it's two syllables. Buh. Ad. That's, that's how you do that. No. I, I mean, to me, Cam Newton is going to be... He, he would be okay for somebody. I will say the ultimate part of this Julio Jones yeah. call is that Shannon Sharp said, do you want to go to the Dallas Cowboys? He said, no, no I want to win. <laughs> Well, Shannon Tremendous. told him, don't go to Dallas because you won't win there. Tremendous. <laughs> and that comes after he was spotted in a mall wearing a Dallas Cowboys shirt. But, uh, okay, weekend. here's the thing, though. With Julio Jones, he's got to go somewhere where they've got the money. That's got to be the first and foremost. Like, I, I've been seeing this Philadelphia nonsense. Philadelphia doesn't have any money. No. So they wouldn't be able to take on Julio Jones. So please, let's... Let's stop with the fantasies on, on that realm. There well, are what? Well, I, 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 need all... to, I need everybody to stop with the fantasies, too, of what they're going to get for him. I need you to understand that a two and a player yeah. is what DeAndre Hopkins got. Yep. There's a big old difference between Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins right now. Yeah. I think this is markedly closer to what Antonio Brown got, no, which is a three I, and a five. No, I, d- I don't. I disagree because everybody knows that it, the DeAndre Hopkins deal was not market value, and we all knew it at the time. Mm-hmm. Come on. It's closer to market value than you want, than you want to think no, of this. No, no. I want you to think about this. Off. Stephon Diggs got a one, a five, and a six. Yeah. That's what it was. That's, I mean, that's that's for a young receiver. That's for a young elite receiver. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins And a team better. picking at the back. Correct. Uh, DeAndre's better, yes. He's better than yeah. Stephon Diggs. Yeah. So he should have gotten more than that. I mean, he got a two. <laughs> right. It was, it's well, it was, not a one and a five and a six. Well, it was a much riskier two. We knew how good Buffalo was. Mm-hmm. You have to remember, there's, a, there's an innate value to what picks are worth. I would say Julio Jones is worth a two from a good team. A team that's no doubt good. Mm. New England does not fall into that. So it'll be a low second-round pick. Yeah, that's what he's worth. He's 33 years old and he's expensive. Mm -hmm. You have to understand, receivers in this league are not worth what people think they are. There are a lot of receivers in the NFL. And more come in every year. I'll be honest with you, I've I've heard a rumor Okay. And you, you can do with this what you choose. I've heard there's more to the Arizona thing than people want to let on. That's. And it would be Christian Kirk in a two. That's the one that just keeps happening. Because Christian Kirk would be buried on the depth chart. You put Julio on the other side of DeAndre Hopkins and you have A.J. Green in the slot. I'm not saying no. I'm not I'm saying not no. I'm not either. If I'm Atlanta, I'm not saying no to that deal. I'm not either. Because Christian Kirk can be a top thirty receiver in this league. So if and if the deal does come through, how much? How do, What's the money affected there for Atlanta if they make that deal? Atlanta is eating a tremendous amount of this deal. No, Just, what fifteen million dollars or something 15, like that? Yeah. They would save, and they obviously have to wait till after June first. But they would save fifteen million dollars this year and eleven and a half next year. Mm-hmm. But they're going to eat seven point seven five million per year. So, I mean, it's, you're going to eat some money here. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just the way it's going to work. But now, Julio's not playing another down in Atlanta. That's, <laughs> we're, 
We are clear there. Right. We've already been when on you national take television. When power yeah. play on the biggest sports talk show in the country, where you play some little game of, look, I'm on speakerphone. Wee. Yeah, you're not coming back. No. We're done. <laughs> Poor Matt Ryan. You know Arthur Smith was sitting at home going, oh, weren't. Could he not have said it to me first? Right. Did we have to go on Skip and Janet to do this? Maybe, maybe so. I mean, the, the the reports were that he apparently asked for a trade a month ago. Oh, and they're willing to acquiesce it, right? I and mean, so yeah, make point, no mistake here. Atlanta's willing to do this. I feel like I say this at least once a week. Yeah. When things like this happen, you have to ask yourself one very simple question: Why? This was Julio's way of going. Hey, how about we speed this along a little bit? Mm-hmm. Not saying you got to pull the trigger on this till June 1st, but how about you let me know where I'm headed? He knows he's not coming back. Yeah. And here's the thing. this is You want to know why they didn't take a quarterback? Because you couldn't eat the money on Julio Jones and eat the money on Matt Ryan at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was one or the other. I told you that months ago. Yep. You're going to bring one of them back. If you're going to play Matt Ryan, okay, well, you got Kyle Pitts, who is a, I mean, to me, that's a home run replacement. That's a Julio replacement immediately. And that makes it make way more sense. Hayden Hurst can play the actual standard in-line tight end, and Kyle Pitts is going to be more of a wide receiver. Okay. If they think they're going to run with Mike Davis, Kyle Pitts is not playing in-line. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that. That's not happening. (laughs) If you think Mike Davis is your RB1, Kyle Pitts is not your tight end. Which I do, which I think. I I, I, do I. Yeah, Mike Davis is the RB1 there. I agree. There's no doubt. I mean... It's sad. I, I, you know, I'm trying to look at this from the perspective of Atlanta Falcons fans. I know very, you know, I, I know a lot of them uh, from my times in, you know, not only living here, but also in Georgia. And everybody's going to be sad. But in the end, but are you, you though, really losing? But are you, though? You know you're not a playoff team. Exactly. The That's kind of my point. Falcon red-colored glasses fan in the world knows they're right. not a playoff team. I mean, because at the end of the day, if you think you have a chance to make the playoffs, you're going to have to explain to me how you're better than one of the teams I'm getting ready to list. Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers, Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the NFC West. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think you're better than any of them. You might convince me of a couple if things break your way. You're not. So you get value for a guy while you can. Yeah. Now, to to the compensation thing, I want you to think about something. Amari Cooper was a top five pick. Mm-hmm. He got a one. That's it. A one. He was 24 years old. That is almost a decade younger than Julio Jones. Yep. The reason this hasn't happened, I mean, I'll go ahead and tell you, if Atlanta had had somebody that would have offered them a one in this last draft, he would already be there. Mm-hmm. They didn't because they know where this is going to go. It's ultimately going to be a late two, early three, and probably a player. And then you're done. And Julio can go continue his his career somewhere, most likely where he doesn't have to be a true number one. Everything I've heard is that they don't want to trade him inside the NFC. Right. So the Cleveland Browns are out. Well, Cleveland's (laughs) in the AFC. Oh, yeah. My bad. Yeah. A little rusty, are you? A little bit. A little bit. (laughs) A little bit. Okay. So Cleveland's in. Potential landing spots. Let's do that after the break right here on ESPN Asheville. Potential landing spots for Julio Jones. Who could become a contender 
if they get one of the most reliable receivers when he's on the field in the NFL. Julio Jones on the move. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You're in the Sports Tank. I up, son. I up. It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And Julio Jones is going to be gone. Uh, I have He's... already shed my top shirt, which should tell you the next hour and a <laughs> half of this show, I'm either going to melt or it's going to be really conducive to good content. I'm telling you, brother, I'm giving that mullet about another week. Oh, no. It's going to get so oh, hot. Over. I mean, you're fa- you look like the heat miser. Your face has already turned red. That's fine. You're That's over there sweating. The it's not even the middle of summer yet. It's it, well, it's 906 degrees outside. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it only gets so much hotter than this. Right. And I've lived here for like uh, 27 of my 34 years. So mm-hmm. it's not like I'm going to walk outside one day. And it's going to be 114. I think 85. We're pretty much closing in the the high end of this. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was. Ugh. And by the way, I'll take the it's, over on the mullet for days. Oh, I'm sure. I just bought. You're a, committed to it. Oh yeah, I just bought a gold chain with a big eagle medallion oh on it. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm super committed. Yeah, I'll be wearing that tomorrow. Uh, live in the Sportsocracy, so 9 a.m. on YouTube. Find uh, us online at it'll, Sportsocracy. It'll never be the swag chain, though. Have you seen this? The latest. Uh, oh no! The, I mean, it's got to be better than jewelry, the backpack. The latest jewelry in sports. No, the San Diego Padres now have a giant chain. <laughs> They're calling it the swag chain. And it's just a big SD logo, but it's it's as I mean it's larger than Fernando Tatis's uh, chest. It's you know what it's not worse than the turnover backpack that we had at Florida State. (laughs) (laughs) Backpack? Did you never see that? I I think I did. Florida State had a turnover backpack that looked like a piece of Calvin Klein luggage that you would see lost at the airport. That's just it's awful. Oh, it's awful. Oh my god. That's uh, no, those are Willie Taggart days, and I need that to just not be a thing. That's almost as dumb as the uh, turnover pencil. What? Uh, there was that some school that had the turnover pencil. I don't remember who it was. That one's bad, but nothing will ever be worse than Florida State just a few years off a national title, and somebody picked off Samford, who we were losing to at the time. Yeah, and they're rocking a turnover backpack. That's one of those times. That, you want to know why I care more about betting now? Because a little piece of my fandom died when I watched that. A five-star recruit wearing a turnover backpack because like, we picked off Sanford. Was it like an actual backpack or yes. was it like one of those tiny backpacks oh, from like Hot it. Topic or Oh, something? I've got it right here. I, I, I'll share it right now on my Twitter, at ESPN. <laughs> Oh, it makes it still to this day makes me angry. I mean, yeah, why not? Miami's got the you know they got the turnover chain. You got teams with uh, uh, Nature Boy robes. Memphis had the Nature Boy robe for a while, which is cool. I own one of those. Georgia with the big uh, the big turnover pads that they put on. I feel like you gleaned right over that. Got the what? That I own a Nature Boy Ric Flair robe. Uh, I've never seen it, so it doesn't exist. I had it. Oh, See, it, oh it 100% exists. <laughs> oh, it 100% now that's, exists. That's kind of how that works. Uh, picks or it didn't happen, bro. Uh, <laughs> I can make that happen. <laughs> I want you to bring it in. You should wear it in the sportsocracy tomorrow morning. I don't even know. He doesn't I, even know where it is. I have absolutely There's no, no clue. I, to be honest with you, I'm getting ready to move again. And and I don't know where half of my things are. I've moved a few times. Uh, well, speaking of moving, Julio Jones, he's going to be moving out of Atlanta. He was, uh, you know, they apparently called him live on the uh, Undisputed show with Skip and Shannon on FS1 this morning. And 
while talking live on the air, he asked him, uh, Shannon Sharp asked Julio Jones, you going to go back to Atlanta? He's like, no, I'm out of there. It's done. Really? It sent shockwaves around the NFL, and yeah, the Atlanta Falcons were the last to know. Which is, you know, typically not the way that you want to, you know. Oh, I don't you, think you typically they were the don't last want to burn know. your bridges. I don't think they were the last to know. I think it was very, very clear. Oh, he was very clear that uh, it's been very clear behind closed doors for a long time. Okay, I got you. This was just saying. this was meant to this you know, putting move it out there. along the process a little quicker. <laughs> right. This is moving those. This is moving those from behind the closed door to right out in everybody's faces, which I'm not sure they're too happy about. But as he's going to move on, where's the trade deal coming in? Where's where's the perfect landing spot for him? There's one that makes all the sense in the world and I don't I don't want it to happen. I don't I don't want this to be a thing, but it makes all the sense in the world. Okay. Cleveland Browns. That makes every yeah. ounce of sense in the entire world. And then you can move on from Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. The, the the money's not that bad. They have money. The other one that makes all the sense in the world is the Indianapolis Colts. Why the Colts? Uh because they need a number one receiver and he is one of those. <laughs> Is that instant analysis for you? I mean, sure. Because he it. is currently better than T.Y. Hilton by a lot. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. At that point, T.Y. becomes the four. <laughs> three. You said three wrong. I did say three wrong. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I feel like him going anywhere. That, you know, like the Patriots thing. I can't get past that. To me, that's dumb. Julio at this point wants to make, you know, he's going to be involved in this decision, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And he and wants so, to play for a contender. Right. And so he'll go, the Cardinals thing made perfect sense. Like, that's yep. just, that's dumb. You think about that. That's dumb. Yeah, you Cardinals got DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, A.J. Green. I mean, I get it. Those guys are aging, but still. Uh, it's still pretty good. Uh, There's, yeah. There is nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Yeah, you got three all-pro uh, record-setting Wide receivers mm-hmm. in your depth chart would be phenomenal. The Baltimore Ravens is one that makes a lot of sense to me. It does to a point. Okay, what's the point? I mean, if he wants to play for Cam Newton, uh, I, I'd choose well, Lamar Jackson over Cam Newton any day. Yeah, you want to know where that story came from? Uh, somebody had a keyboard and went, hey, watch what happens when I drop this. <laughs> hey, That's not based hey, on honey, reality. Look, I can make people believe anything because I have a keyboard. Yeah, notice that you didn't hear Julio Jones go, yeah, I want to sign up to play with Cam Newton. The Lamar Jackson thing makes sense. I just don't understand why you would invest in Sammy Watkins. You would invest the first first round pick in Rashad Bateman. You've got all these moving pieces. Mm -hmm. Are any of them the caliber of Julio Jones? No. But they're younger. True, they're younger, but you only have two years of this. You have a year of this because Lamar gets paid after this year. Good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he gets paid after it. But I'm saying if they, I mean, they're going to kick in the option. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you've got two years at a reasonable number, but Lamar's Lamar's salary number inflates exponentially in a year. No, but I was talking about Julio. You only got two years of Julio, and then it's gone. No, and I understand that Baltimore does make sense. I'm not wild about the fit. Mm -hmm. That's still a run first team at the end of the day. I don't care how many receivers you bring in there. 
That is a run-first offense, first and foremost. The one that I keep coming back to, obviously Cleveland, obviously Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. There's another team that for some reason I can't get this out of my head. It's the San Francisco 49ers. I can't stop with this because I heard it and it got in my ear and now it's just living there, rent-free. Because you pay, you give Trey Lance a quarterback like that or a wide receiver like that. That is that is a that's a heck of a training tool. You give Trey Lance that quarterback or that wide receiver. It's not going to be Trey Lance, man. Not Jimmy Garoppolo. We, hey, we can put it on the bet board. We started that while you were gone. Oh, the bet board. Yeah. What's the bet board? Uh, well, I tried to convince Brian Haynes, uh, who admirably filled in uh, uh-huh. while you were gone. I tried to convince him that we would do this board. And it would be the five of us, and the winner of the board, me, would whoever finished last would have to get a tattoo that was of my own volition. No, no. I'm well, out. he reacted the exact same way you did. Well, because we're not, we know you, and we're not leaving that oh, kind yeah, of decision up yeah, to you. Yeah, his his had a it had a horse, and it was bad. It <laughs> was course, not. It was of not. Of course, good. it did. Uh, I shouldn't have told him what it was. In hindsight, I should have just said, oh, it'll be, oh, you'll get a fun little cartoon character. <laughs> not tell you what it's. See, but see, this is how you know when, when you start talking about bets and things like that. You can tell who feels real good about it yeah. and who feels real bad because right. I'm all the way in. There is nothing that you could concoct that I would go, I'm out. Yeah. No. Plus, I have absolutely no doubt that I will beat at least one of you. Right. The worst year of my entire life, I still won't finish last. And you guys are like, I don't know what you'll, I don't like what you'll come up with. No. And you shouldn't. We don't. You shouldn't. We don't trust you at all. It's it's not that we don't have faith in ourselves. It's just that we're we're scared of playing against you. I think it's a little bit of both, but, you know, (laughs) whatever helps you sleep at night. (laughs) San Francisco, that, I mean, I mean, that would make sense. Kyle Shanahan's there. He had a good, good rapport with Julio Jones in Atlanta. They went to a Super Bowl together. I get it. It's the one thing that San Francisco doesn't have. You talk about a number one, a number one a receiver, pure right? Number one, right? Receiver. They don't have a number one receiver. They got great little tools. We like Debo Samuel and we like Brandon Ayuk, but they're not number ones. So it would kind of make a lot of sense. We'll we'll, we'll pick it up here in a second. The sports tag, just a bit outside. All right, here's the four one one, folks. Oh, I guess uh, I guess everybody just loves they love taking shots at LeBron James, and I'm 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 hearing a lot of LeBron James hatred in the last couple of days, and not I'm not sure I'm completely down with it. But there's a lot of talk today about LeBron James and him violating the COVID protocols. Apparently, he went to some tequila mixer with Drake. <laughs> with Drake, just stop doing things with Drake. <laughs> Drake has no uh he, he has no skin in the game here. He is getting everybody in trouble. Cause it was Kyrie that got in trouble with him earlier this year. Anyway, he goes to this like tequila mixer and they're like, oh, you violated the protocols. And then everybody today is like, oh, well, I want the NBA step up and suspend LeBron James. I, I mean, is it not obvious at this point? They're not gonna suspend LeBron James. I don't care. It's almost to the point where he's like our former president. He could go out in the middle of the street and stab somebody, and there would still be apologists for him. He's infallible. And also, by the way, in case you haven't heard, we're done with this thing. 
The whole coronavirus thing. Yeah, that ended it's up, done that, in that, sports. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that ended on the 18th green exactly. at, at Keel Island. All after. indications from the last, uh, oh, I don't know, 48 hours of sports will tell you that the sports world's done with this thing. It's it's over. They they're comfortable. They're filling arenas. They're they they're on to new things. It's on to the next thing. The PGA uh, the the 18th green yesterday with Phil Mickelson. You know, historic win for him at the PGA Championship down in Kiowa. They were not having any bit of that. Uh, stay six feet away from me thing. Fifteen thousand people in Madison Square Garden for a playoff game. Uh, I feel pretty certain. Oh, and then today we got the news that Bank of America Stadium officially will be open at 100% capacity for the football season. Masks not required in the building. We're on to new things. So please, I believe I said that a while back. Right. So I, I don't, I don't feel like anybody that listens to this show on a regular basis should be stunned by this development. No, not at all. Uh, like everything, you're a little too early. Just, just a little too early. Like every other step in your life. Um, I am going to walk right past that. <laughs> I wanted to tell. This. It happens to everybody. It's okay. I wanted to tell this story on Friday, and we didn't get around to it because this is—I could see this becoming a trend. Mm-hmm. ESPN 300 running back Jaden Blue, one of the top-ranked running backs in the 2022 class, said he will sit out his senior season of high school football in 2021 to prepare for college. I'm not going to be shocked if this becomes a thing because the number one thing he addressed—he basically put this out across all of his social medias—and mm-hmm. basically what he said is that the wear and tear on running backs is so much that I've already signed my letter of intent. There is n- nothing's going to change. All I'm doing is risking injury. I'm going to save the tread till I get to college. And I, I, when I first read this, it scared me to death mm-hmm. because I, I, I just don't like the sitting out thing. We've made this such a, it's just such a part of the lexicon now mm-hmm. with guys sitting out bowl games. Now you've got this kid that's saying, I'm not going to play my senior season. I do not like this trend, but I'm not going to be shocked if we see more of this trend. We're going to continue to see more of it until it starts biting people in the tail. Oh, it's already done that. Well, of course it has. Of course it has. And and it's going to continue to. And I you know, I feel like this in all of sports. Like, guys found out if I'm a freak athlete, I can make millions and millions of dollars. And the one thing that I can do to hurt my marketability and my value for the long term is to play more. So what am I gonna do? I'm obviously going to make the smart decision and play less. So now we're seeing it go lower and lower and lower. I, you know, it's the, the load management thing in the NBA. It's, you know, uh, guys sitting out now avoiding their senior years in high school because things are, you know, you're going to have, I, I mean, I don't think you'll necessarily have the same thing happen in the football world. But we saw this past year, lots of athletes took the opportunity to take the year off. Why risk injury in a weird season? Oh, I mean, it, I'm not calling into question anybody's motives for for being out this year, but you can't tell me that there weren't a couple of them who were like, you know what, I'm just not going to play. Yeah, and it hurt the vast majority of them. Yeah. I got ugly messages because I said that. Well, guess what? I was 100% right. Mm-hmm. Every person in the scouting community, community I talked to, Tell me, yeah, when we get these guys yeah. in the room, we're going to ask why they sat out. It, but And I got all these Twitter messages that said, oh, how can you say that? They're just being responsible. Mm, okay. 
We we do this every year with scouts that they ask questions that you don't necessarily want to answer. This is going to be the same thing. And yeah. I got news for you: if this kid winds up as a, let's say he goes to Texas and he lights it up, and three years from now he comes into the draft, I got news for you: scouts are going to ask about this even four years from now. Mm-hmm. You mark my words. Just remember I said that because this is not a good look. This is not because let me tell you how people that do what I do how mm-hmm. we look at this. We're looking at every other guy on the team. You're the best guy on the team, no doubt. Yep. And you basically just looked at everybody in your high school and said, I'm more important than you are. Mm-hmm. And that is a very anti-team mentality mm-hmm. that's going to be a problem for scouts for the rest of your life. So, you know what, sorry, you may not like that, and that may not be fair, uh, but it's true. <laughs> it's, not, true. it's not fair. I, I will say it's not fair. Well, however... Life's not fair. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, would you break the bell? There we go. I, I don't like it. But at the same time, I can't turn around and say that I wouldn't do the exact same thing if I were in his position. I can. I can totally say really? I would not do the exact same thing. But now, now I'm also biased mm-hmm. because I spend a lot of time talking to people that they tell me how much of a red flag this is going to be. Right. So, I mean, it happened with Micah Parsons. It happened with a lot of other players in the draft. Mm-hmm. Just think about, think back to day three of the draft. And this was a reason to sit out. There was a medical reason to sit out. Think about how many guys we talked about. Oh, they opted out and their stock fell like a rock. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just because we watched the tape more. Right. It was because, I mean, if it was a fringe thing and we got this guy that's rated this way and this guy's rated this way. And we need a tiebreaker. That can be the tiebreaker. Well, shocker of shocker, uh, football coaches, they like to coach guys who like Wanna to play, play football. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a weird thing that and, if you're going to be signed up And I'm sure a lot play. of people will say, oh, that's yeah. not fair. I'm not saying it's fair. And I'm not saying I'm the one saying it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that you know people that know better than I do have told me this for an extended period of time. Right. I mean, it's gonna be on. It's gonna be on the kid. It's just like it's just like the G League stuff. Going with the Ignite team, like you're gonna have to make the decision that you think is right for you, and you're. It's gonna be up to you to make the decisions to not fall behind. You're gonna. I mean, if you're gonna do this and sit out your sit out your senior year in high school, then I hope to God he's got uh, trainers and stuff that are gonna keep him football shape and run him through the paces and all of that. But now, just remember. This is how trends start. Mm-hmm. Just remember I said that. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember that the, the we uh, don't play bowl games thing, where did that start? Because it's a guy that's real close to our hearts here in, uh, in Asheville, North Carolina. It was yeah. Christian McCaffrey. He was the uh-huh. first one that went, oh, I'm not going to play in the bowl game. Yeah, him and, and he Leonard. wasn't playing in the bowl game because they were supposed to go to a uh, New Year's Six Bowl, and then they lost, and right. they didn't. And I want to say they were playing in the Sun Bowl. That and he just right. went, yeah, there's really not, not a reason for me to play in this, so I'm not going to. And it started a trend. Well, uh, Travion Henderson, who's a Ohio State commit for this year, and a bunch of other guys last year said, I'm not going to play in the spring because then you're going to ask me to play a spring high school season and a fall college football season. I'm mm-hmm. just not going to do that. I'm, it, that's how trends start. I want to say they ended up playing Georgia that year. I think you're right. It was an that SEC was school. Game. Yeah. I think that was the bowl game that year. I'm gonna have to look this up. <laughs> I didn't want to, but or maybe it was Carolina. I think it was one of the teams that I pull for. Maybe it was Carolina. It was one of the teams that I pull for during. This the football is gonna drive season. me insane until I find it. <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard to find. Uh, GTS, Google that thing. Um, uh, you were right. It was North Carolina, North December Carolina. 30th of 2016. Yeah, and Stanford won 25-23. Mm-hmm. MVP was. Uh, 
Solomon Thomas. My computer blinked at the absolute worst possible time. <laughs> I don't like I, I don't like that guys are taking the time off, but at the same time, well, I mean, I it's don't just know starting a trend. Blame them for doing it's it. just starting a trend that you're going to mm-hmm. have to get used to. Mm-hmm. Because it's not going to change. Just because there's not a virus at this point, it is not going to change that guys have seen this work. So they go, okay. Just like Christian McCaffrey. He opted out of a bowl game. He went number eight. Guys went, hey, we can opt out of a bowl game if it's not a high-level game. And they did. Mm -hmm. And that's what leads to Kyle Trask ultimately throwing to a a bunch of guys that you've never heard of and getting (laughs) slaughtered in a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, It does take away from the game. Absolutely, it takes away from the game. But... There again, I don't know that I wouldn't make the same kind of call. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, the Indianapolis Colts. Who else have we mentioned here? That could be possible suitors for Julio Jones. Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals. San Francisco 49ers. Made a lot of scary sense. And the San Francisco 49ers. How good could they be with Julio Jones? Could that be the piece that pushes them over the top? I think that could be made the case for a lot of these teams. The Browns, the Ravens, the 49ers. I could easily see adding Julio Jones to those teams, turning them into Super Bowl winners. That might be a little aggressive, but I mean, he's he's a high-level piece. Mm-hmm. My question is, then you got to look at that second tier of teams because there are a few others that they don't make the most sense. And I'm talking about the Jaguars and the Jets and mm-hmm. young quarterbacks. The Jets are, are the Jets in these discussions as well? Apparently, we made a call. That's all I know well, as of right now. Well, why wouldn't you make a call? Well, I mean, they've I mean, got a bajillion of dollars. So. <laughs> and they've got a lot of draft capital. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, well, you can have one of our five picks ah, next year. We got 47 it's... picks next year. <laughs> the Jets have 11 picks going into next year. Right. That felt good to say. <laughs> The Tennessee Titans. That's another one that makes all the sense. The, in the Tennessee world. Titans adding Julio Jones next to AJ Brown. It it just makes it make a whole lot of sense. But is that really is that really gonna make the is that gonna vault them in the standings? Does that really make them a completely different team? I believe so. Because I think they need another receiver on the other side of A.J. Brown. There's no I think doubt. losing Corey Davis is a bigger loss than people are making out to be. Mm-hmm. You tell me that you're putting Julio Jones over there, and all of a sudden I feel, I, I feel pretty good about the Tennessee Titans. I mean, there's no doubt. They will be able to hurt you any way possible. And he's a good blocker. Mm-hmm. And, and Tennessee, Tennessee may, mo- may make the most sense. I'm just really reticent with Tennessee because losing Arthur Smith... Well, that and Arthur Smith's the one that's ultimately. I understand there's a GM before anybody. I, I get that, but ultimately Arthur Smith's the guy that's you know he's got the keys to the castle here. So right, ultimately he would have to look at his former team and go, yeah, we're going to trade one of our best players to you. There's just something about that. I've I, I see GMs do that or coaches do that when they leave. Matt Patricia did that. Well, and it's also one of those things. Maybe he can convince them to give more. I, I I don't think that's a thing. Okay. The more I'm sounding out Tennessee, the more that's the team that I I would be the most in favor of. I think they make the most sense. There's only one other team that I think we should really have to mention in this, 
and it's the it's the Chargers. See, and you keep doing this, and I'm going to keep saying, and I'm not addressing this directly at you. This is oh what people gosh, is do. This more Jalen Guyton hate. No, <laughs> this is you're looking at what they have and not liking it because you're uh, you undervalue Mike Williams. They I don't. don't. I love Mike Williams. Yeah, you undervalue the whole receiving core, basically. Okay. You under I put it this way: you undervalue value Mike Williams to what they think of Mike Williams, because they think he's a legitimate, no doubt one that's worth the money, mm-hmm. and they plan on bringing back. And yes, I do not believe. That. Well, that's what they feel. So what you think right. is, you know, I mean, that matters to this conversation. They will not be involved in this. You mark my words. Mm-hmm. They want a tight end. Still, even though they have nine of them. Yeah, but, I mean, are any of them really good? I mean, I know there's that 6 Donald eight guy Parham. that you keep telling this is good. Yep. I am the, I am the, there, there, there are many bandwagons that I am the driver of. Uh, one of them is the birds aren't real. Yeah. Uh, I, I fully champion that. Cause. Right, right. The Donald Parham bandwagon is, I, I will happily continue to be the driver of that. So the Chargers are more in on Zach Ertz? Yeah, for... Uh, I think right now you could get Zach Ertz for the cost of a plane ticket to get him to your building. I believe Philadelphia would give him up you know, anything. Right. What, what do you give us? We got, uh, we, we've got a Halloween bag of fun-sized candy bars. Done. It's ridiculous to me that nobody has jumped on that yet. The, the, there's not a team that goes, yeah, I'll give you a five for it. The Buffalo Bills have been interested the entire time. And I think they're actually waiting to see what is the least we can give up for him. <laughs> We're just going to drive this market. Because I think that, from what I've been told, they offered aggressively about the time Wentz got traded. Okay. But they were still in on Johnny Smith, so they didn't want to give up too much. And every time they've come back to that table, it's gotten less and less and less. And eventually you have to say yes, because right. you do not want this guy, and we know that. I can only exact hurts for a conditional seven. That's how bad this has gotten. Well, the good winner, the big winners today are all of the cornerbacks in the uh, NFC South. And Shannon That's, Sharp. And he Shannon is also Sharp. a winner. <laughs> he has gotten more publicity on ESPN today than he did when he was playing. Ouch. That, that wasn't a shot. That was just he's been mentioned on every show on ESPN for the last three hours. Well, no doubt. I mean, you look, you set up a fake phone call live on the air. And you're going to dupe a lot of people into that. You're not going to convince me that that was just... No, you're not going to convince me of that either. But anytime you're getting... You're being mentioned on every network, no matter what network you work for, you did something right. Oh, I would never call a... uh, I would never call a source live on the air. Yeah, he didn't either. (laughs) Yeah, they they talked about that yesterday while they were watching Phil on 18. Like, (laughs) hey, we'll do this. Be hilarious. It'll be great. Julio Jones, he's uh, putting it out there all out in public. He ain't returning to the Atlanta Falcons this year. He could land pretty much. I mean, I mean everybody should be willing to take on it, uh, Julio Jones, especially if the cost is just a two, in my opinion. That's great market value uh, for Julio Jones. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Green on Green, coming up next. Coffee, some clothes, or zone. Get him the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the money. It's an NBA Monday, which means three picks in green on green. 
Uh, I've got two picks in the NBA and an over-under, which there's only two games, so I don't give out <laughs> under-overs very, over-unders very often, but I feel real good about this one. First one, the Miami Heat are a four-and-a-half-point dog tonight to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, how much worse could Milwaukee play, and how much better could Miami play? Because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of leeway on either side of that. I don't see any way Miami doesn't blow them out tonight, or Milwaukee doesn't blow them out tonight. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Milwaukee took the best punch that Miami could throw at them. They had twenty threes. Milwaukee had five. Mm-hmm. That's a that quite a discrepancy from the three point line. <laughs> right. I don't see that happening again. I think Milwaukee's going to walk this series. I saw this very differently than you did over the weekend. You thought it was this signaled it's going to be a competitive series. To me, it just confirmed what I already thought. Milwaukee's markedly better. Miami is tremendously inconsistent. And I just see Milwaukee winning the series easily. Finally, my 2021 Denver Nuggets were just 16 wins away (laughs) from making it a reality. The first game didn't quite go our way. Uh -uh. But we're only a two-point favorite tonight, and I don't think that's enough. Portland obviously made it a point of condition that they were going to allow Nikola Jokic to score whatever he wanted to. He just couldn't facilitate. I'm taking my Nuggets minus the two, and I will take the over 226 and a half. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't. I got no sympathy for you. Oh, you still got those Nikola Jokic blinders on. Sure do. MVP, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to stop for you. MVP. Uh, we're going to get into the uh, NBA playoffs here coming up in the next hour because uh, Donovan Mitchell, that, that didn't go down as we were uh, we were expecting. Uh, apparently, it was not his call to sit out game one for the Utah Jazz, and he's none too happy that the Jazz scratched him from the game right before it began. That's wow. And Jeremy is... All the way convinced. All the way convinced. DeAndre Ayton, he is the second coming of Shaquille O'Neal, and he is just going to no. absolutely single-handedly destroy the Los Angeles Lakers. It's going to be over game time, CP time. Oh, I never said he was uh, I never said he was Shaquille O'Neal. I said he was very big, he's very good, and Anthony Davis cannot stop him. Yeah, I don't... Uh... Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm getting there. Just throw me off. All right, hey. let's do it. I'm fine. Uh, I'm a little rusty, and you know what? Uh, let's just get into the monkey knife fight here. He's he's mouthing the words at me, so he's just he's just ready. He's, he's sick of the patter. Ah, <laughs> uh, monkey knife fight. Go to monkeyknifefight.com. Daily fantasy sports props. Create your account today if you have not already at monkeyknifefight.com. Use our promo code Tank. T-A-N-K. They will match your initial investment up to $50 and also give you a $5 free play, which is what? Uh, it, to me, this is the free Nikola money. Jokic. Uh, this is the free money play of the year. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, I am playing the more or less 3.6x multiplier between the Portland Trailblazers and my 2021 NBA champion, Denver Nuggets. Uh, I will take more than 29.5 points for, Nicole, for Nikola Jokic and Damian Lillard. If game one taught us anything, it is that there is nobody on either one of these teams that can stop either one of these players. I think you're going to see more of Nikola Jokic as a facilitator tonight, Mm -hmm. but I still think he's going to score a lot. Well, yeah. I mean, if they're going to allow him to do so. Oh, I mean, they made that very clear in game Mm -hmm. one. We'll let Jokic get whatever, because we can't stop him. But we're going to keep him from facilitating. They went to the line eight times in, Look, this, in I, game one. I tried to talk smack against your Nuggets. You know I like them. 
You know, oh yeah, they're very likable. <laughs> very likable too. You know that I think they're going far in this thing. I just, I, I just got to give you crap every now and then. Um, but you're, I, I think you do take Dame Lillard a little too lightly. Oh, I, I mean, and and I did in game one. He cooked them in game one. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen again. No, you give these teams time and they figure it out. That's kind of my position with the Los Angeles Lakers moving forward in their series with the Phoenix Suns. We'll talk about it up next right here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You're in the sports tank with me, Tank Spencer, and him, Jeremy Green. This is the sports tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm... I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You are in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. Second hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check them out at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. The NBA playoffs got underway over the weekend, and you had some surprising upsets, dare I say, I guess in the first round so far. I mean, it's just game ones. What, We're easing what was into surprising things. to you? What was surprising to me? Uh-huh. Where where was the where was the surprise? <laughs> um well to me it was a surprise that Anthony Davis was nowhere to be found for mo- much of that game. Mm. It's weird how that works. Oh, excuse me. It's weird. I, I, oh, I said uh, while you were gone, I said Phoenix and 6. Book it. Mm-hmm. And guess what I learned in game 1? I might have been too friendly to the Lakers. <laughs> you were not too friendly to the Lakers. Stop that. You don't believe you you believe everything the the bad game script from from game 1 is going to play out for the next 4 games. LeBron is going to be just 180 years old and he's not going to look good. AD what, what can't did, hit a shot. What did all right? So you look at LeBron. He didn't score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it was a very LeBron-y type game. Mm-hmm. He was good when he was on the floor, and he played his thirty-six minutes. Did he, I mean what's going to change about that? You, you think they're going to run him forty-four minutes a night? Because I don't. Not until they're back. What I'm the saying wall. is, what happened yesterday that's not going to keep happening. Anthony Davis playing passive against somebody much bigger than him. Mm-hmm. Him having to play center, which is not conducive to his game. Right. Because Andre Drummond was pitiful. <laughs> I mean, there's... I said it when they signed there's no him. Doubt. There's not, there, there is not a lot of... Uh, there's, there's not a lot of give for the Lakers down low against him. It's not shocking to me that DeAndre Ayton, Miles Bridges, and Jay Crowder were the guys that had the the best plus-minus. You know why? Because they're aggressive guys. And Anthony Davis, for better or worse, he's not. You can keep trying to cast him this way. He's super talented. If you need him to be the enforcer, you're going to be let down because he's not. Right. Somehow you have to find a way. DeAndre Ayton showed a a great big problem in his game. They also have something the Lakers don't have. Their starters can all play 35 minutes a night, and it's no problem whatsoever. Mm-hmm. 
There's not a whole lot of, oh, we got to go to the bench in five minutes because LeBron's 3,700 years old and played 9,000 games. <laughs> I said the same thing when it's Kobe got. One. Don't care. I, I made the same comp when the Lakers got run out of the playoffs with Kobe back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. Because everybody, oh, we've seen Kobe do it. We just believe. Well, how'd that work out? Never showed up. Old legs. Yeah. You tell me what can change from game one to game two. I'm more than happy to hear it. Mm-hmm. I mean, AD plays better. That's obviously the number one. AD AD doesn't go five for 16 from the floor. That's a ball game. When does AD not go five of 16 from the floor? I'm not saying it's a consistent. I'm saying when, when you look at an Anthony Davis stat line and you go, man, he just got whatever he wanted. What does that tend to, why did that happen? It's not because he sat at the elbow and shot 22 footers. Right. And that's what he's doing against DeAndre Ayton. You know why? Because he can't go down there and bang with DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. Can he outmove him? Yes. Ayton's a young guy. Ayton's also a monster of a human being. He is. That got whatever he wanted. And I'll be honest with you, I know exactly when the, the switch flipped. And Anthony Davis even admitted it in his postgame. He caught an oop on a backdoor cut. Ayton just totally lost it. They throw it up for the alley-oop. He slams it down. He comes running down the floor, and it was almost like DeAndre Ayton got this look on his face like, ha, <laughs> oh, you think that's how this is going to go? Right. Okay. And before the end of the first quarter, Ayton had like 12 points and eight rebounds, mm-hmm. and most of them were directly related to Anthony Davis. Right. I just look at this and go, I see this series playing out exactly how game one did. Were, so the, Lakers, you- were the Lakers bad from three? Yeah, they're always bad from three. That's not a new problem. Right. We've said this all year long. Mm-hmm. And what I tried to get people to understand is you're underselling the Suns because you haven't seen them. Best record in the NBA since the bubble started last year. Who is it? The, the Phoenix, Phoenix Suns. Suns. And it ain't all that close. Right. So, I mean, you can undersell this team because they're young. Well, guess what? They got a point guard that's been here a whole mess of times. Yep. And he knows this might be his best chance to ever win a title. I agree. Now, it's it's against his old buddy LeBron too, which I doesn't find, hurt anything. <laughs> I find I find this weird. Now I was the one a couple of weeks ago telling you, oh, the Phoenix Suns are for real, and now you're now you're trying to convince me that they're going to win this series. No, I but never doubted their for realness. My, what I was afraid of is that they were going to end up against a team like Portland. Yeah. I, I did not like them against Portland. If you get into if you're going to get into a shootout. Which Phoenix does really well. Mm-hmm. It scares me when you have CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard on the other side. You know what doesn't scare me that much? KCP and Dennis Schroeder <laughs> and, and Alex Caruso. And here's the thing you learned in game one the biggest problem. Alex Caruso is the only guard that can defend either one of Chris Paul or Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. So he has to play a lot. Well, what happens when Alex Caruso comes in? The offense goes in the toilet. Because he's not a great shooter. He's not a great ball handler. He's a good defender. So what you give up on the on the offensive end, yeah, you make up for it on the defensive end, but it doesn't matter. Right. They just have so many more weapons. They can shoot. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I think this is the end for LeBron. I of think his you, career? No. Oh. I mean, he will be around forever. Kobe was around forever. Right. I mean, same, he's going to do the same thing. Right. He's not the best player on the floor anymore. Not for every minute of every game, which well, he has been for 17 years. I, I, I mean, I think that's kind of been obvious. Uh, you'd be over shocked. The past year. Because I said Phoenix was going to win this game, and I had people trying to bet me on Twitter. And you know what I responded to all of them? Wait till Monday. Right. 
when it was 15 to 10 Lakers, I had, oh, you still want Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do, actually. <laughs> and then they took the lead and never looked back. I don't know. I, I guess it's just one of those things. I'm going to have to see it to believe it. And that's the problem. And I'm just waiting. I'm still waiting. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting like all of you for them to flip the switch and go, okay, now it's winning time. Just like you did last year. Mm-hmm. And we said the same thing when and they I fell behind in their series that. last year. I 100% understand why you think this. The best player of a generation, mm-hmm. no doubt. Father time is 100% undefeated. No doubt. And we're asking LeBron and these Lakers to do something that no team has ever had to do before. Because basically you played two seasons congruent to each other. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a whole lot of layoff. This is just like the Olympics. You had to play. You basically play through the offseason. Well, that's exactly what he was asked to do. Well, I, and I, now he's 36 I'm as not, opposed to 28. I'm not taking those excuses. I'm really not. I'm, I'm not taking those excuses if they're going to try to throw those out there, uh, Laker fans or uh, the Lakers organization as a whole. Sorry. Uh, I get you had 60 days off between seasons, but your two star players didn't play a whole lot this year. There's a whole lot of load management going mm-hmm. on. And, oh, I just can't make it back. Okay. This is this is kind of what I what what I was warning you against was don't push it too far. Well, and here's the thing: I, I'm going to take the line that you just used because I've we've literally watched this multiple times. It happened to the Kobe Shaq Lakers. It happened to the Pierce Celtics. This has happened a bunch of times because the line you just used was I'm waiting on them to flip the to flip yeah. the switch. Yeah. Well, eventually, that's, you can't do that anymore. Right. If eventually, the fuse blows. You age out of that, and you can no longer just flip the the, the, the switch. Mm-hmm. And I've said this about this Laker team all year. They're disjointed and hard to watch at times. I understand there was not a lot of AD and not a lot of LeBron, but at the end of the day, this team's been together, for the most part, for two years now. Yeah, minus Dennis Schroeder. And, and Montrez Harrell. And Montrez Harrell, yeah. But I always said Schroeder was miscast. And then he starts coming in saying, oh, I want max money. Uh, right. You're not a max player. And you know what I hear when a, when a, when a I'm not going to say he's an average player. He's an above average player in the NBA. But when I hear a player like that start saying, I want max money, you know what that tells me in my head? You're going to start forcing. Because you're going to try to make your money in this playoffs. Just remember I said this. Next two games, I, I'll bet you part of the narrative is going to be, man, Dennis Schroeder really seems to be doing way too much. Or attempting to do way too much. Right. Didn't see it in game one, but I think you will in game two and three. All right, I want to pick your basketball coaching mind. Okay. If you're the Los Angeles Lakers, how do you go into this next game going, what do we have to do to limit DeAndre Ayton? How can we do it? Do we have to throw Montrez Harrell? And, That's the only one I think you have, and I don't think he can do it. Yeah. Montrez Harrell and Andre Drummond and... I mean, Anthony Davis is going to have to play a role there, but as you said, he's not the guy that's going to bang with it. Montrez Harrell is the only one that's physical enough. I just think he's so much shorter. I mean, you're talking about how tall is Montrez Harrell? Six eight. He's six seven. Yeah. Is he really? He's six seven. I, see, I thought I was shorting him at six mm-hmm. eight. He's six seven. DeAndre Ayton six eleven two fifty, and probably got about five percent body fat. No doubt. This is a ginormous human being. And I just I don't see how you have a solution for him because you're going to get you're going to give up one or the other when you have a team that's built like this. You're either going to try to go one on one with Aiton or you're going to shift everything to the defense that way. And what does that do? If you try to stop DeAndre Aiton, what are you going to leave open routinely? 
Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Jay Crowder, and, and Cam Johnson. Right. And guess what? They can shoot you out of that. This team is built to beat the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I can't remember who it was now. Uh, somebody put an, art- an article on The Athletic today of this series is not just about the Lakers. This Suns team is really good, and they're good in a way that is not conducive to the Lakers coming back. Right. Because you've got the floor general. That's All he does is come down the floor and figure out what you're doing. Oh, cool. This is one of those plays where you're going to try to load up and stop DeAndre Ayton? Cool. I'm going to get him the ball, and it's coming out to whoever it is you're lagging off of. Mm-hmm. And it happened over and over last night. They just don't have that guy. They have that. Andre Drummond needs to be that guy. He's not. Right. And I said that when, I, when they picked him up. If you think this is the guy that's going to go in and stop the Rudy Gobert's and the Nikola Jokic's and the DeAndre Ayton's, he's not. There's reasons he played on three teams in three years. Because, yeah, he can accumulate a lot of stats, mm-hmm. and he can burn some minutes. He's borderline unusable in the series. You talk about accumulating stats. Nobody did it quite like DeAndre Ayton last night against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. 16 boards in the game. He was a force to be reckoned with, mm-hmm. and Anthony Davis had nothing for him. And that's that's the thing the Laker fans are looking at today going, okay, uh, well, if the shot comes back, that'd be, that'd be great. But then what? What are you going to do on the defensive end to stop DeAndre Ayton? Because he dominated you on both sides of the floor. Anthony Davis can't be that guy. He's got to figure out a way to use his versatility (laughs) against the sheer power that is DeAndre Ayton. Mm -hmm. I mean, and here's another thing to remember. I never really doubted Phoenix was going to win this game Mm -hmm. from... Uh, four minutes to go in the first quarter through the rest of the game. Chris Paul had seven points in this entire game. Super deferential. Right. Booker was the shooter. Aiton was the guy down low. You know how many times Chris Paul had seven points all year? It was four, and he left three of them early. <laughs> okay. That's not the guy you're dealing with. And right. it's not because Dennis Schroeder shut him down. It's because he realized Devin Booker is a higher percentage shot than I am. Yep. DeAndre Ayton is a higher percentage shot than that. And so whatever you don't do, or, or whatever it is you come down here to stop, we're going to do the opposite. And I just don't think they have a, they don't have a solution to that. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have somebody that can one-on-one stop Booker on the perimeter. They don't have anybody that can stop Ayton one-on-one down low. The and Then it becomes a numbers game. You can help on one guy at a time. If you're helping on two at the same time, somebody's wide open. Right. There's just no way to stop it, especially when you have somebody that's as good a passer as Chris Paul that can get the ball around. There's just no way to stop it. Which means it's Cam Johnson time. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to double up on everybody else, it's got to be Cam hitting the shots. And, and that's just the thing. It is, and this has been the problem that I've had with this Laker team for an extended period of time. People talk about how good a defender LeBron is. Well, he can be, mm-hmm. but he's not always that. And no. Anthony Davis, people talk about how great a defender he is, how great a defender he is. No, he's a great shot blocker. He's not a great defender, and he's really not a great defender when you got somebody that's so much bigger than right. him. LeBron is a great defender when he wants to be. I'd, I, I, I think there's, I think you've got a tired leg thing happening right now. I do. And before anybody tells me, uh, DeAndre Ayton and, and Anthony Davis are the same size. Okay, look at them next to each other. Right. Then tell me that. No, they're, no not they're not the same size. They actually are. 
Anthony the Davis, same weight? It, he's Anthony Davis, 6'10", 250. DeAndre Ayton, 6'11", 255. He don't look it. Exactly. He don't look it at all. He must have very strong bones. Because uh, yeah. there ain't much yeah, meat Anthony upon Davis, them bones. Yeah, Anthony Davis drank a lot of milk uh, when he was younger. <laughs> and his bones are very strong. Which is weird because he seems to break his ankle every day. Yeah. So, strange that every other bone in his body must be titanium. He's like the I'm just saying, and I mean, I'll catch flack for what I just said about the Lakers, but that's fine. A week from now when the series is over. It's not going to be over. Okay. It's not yeah. going to be over. You got to have faith. Uh, the Lakers are going to figure no, it out. No, I mean, I do have faith in the Suns. I, I have great faith in the Suns. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what you did you, not want to I say. I mean, there's no doubt you, abs- you absolutely have the upper hand here, but I'm not counting them out. I can't do it yet. Oh, I, I don't fault you for not bandwagon. counting them out. Uh, I think they will come back, and this this will be a series. Because there again, do you expect them the Phoenix? Do you expect Phoenix to play great every night? And they have a they have an off night. You're going to catch a game. Do I expect them to play great every night? Mm-hmm. I mean, they shot 32 percent from three uh, last night. Yeah, that ain't great. Uh, the, in terms of free throws, it was 28 to 12. <laughs> I don't expect that to continue either. Right. So I'm just saying, there's a lot of replicable things that happened yesterday mm-hmm. that are being diminished as, oh, Anthony Davis had a bad night. I would wager he's going to have a few of those in the series. Yeah. He's going to have a game, and it may be in game two. He, I won't be shocked if he comes out and scores 30 points, has 12 rebounds, and five blocks no in doubt. game two. He doesn't have bad back-to-backs. Not usually. But I just feel at this point, with LeBron where he's at, I'll be honest with you. Watching LeBron yesterday, I would say if I had to put what percentage of healthy is he, I think 70% is a stretch. Really? I do. He looked old. He looked labored. He looked like a guy that's played 200 games in 18 months. That's what it looked like to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know I've got those numbers off, but it's it's a lot in a very <laughs> short period of time. Exactly. Exactly. You played two two seasons in eighteen with, months with sixty days off between the two mm-hmm. seasons. We get it. Although I I still say I'm not taking that. I'm not I'm not taking the excuses because you load managed yourself into this situation where either one you're just you're just beat and you don't want to admit it. Your body's just beaten and you can't do it anymore, or you have rested yourself into sluggishness to start off the playoffs. Either way, it's not. A good sign. Also not a good sign when the star player of the NBA's number one seed in the Western Conference is at odds with his front office. It's you know, it seems to just be the next step in the drama that is the Donovan Mitchell relationship in Utah. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The tip off of the NBA playoffs over the weekend. And the Utah Jazz fall behind one game to none to the eighth-seeded Memphis Grizzlies. And they did it without Donovan Mitchell. Now, are you more impressed that Memphis got the win? Or are you more upset? that the Jazz didn't play Donovan Mitchell because now we're finding out that it was actually the team that made the decision, not Donovan Mitchell. 
which you and Brian were talking about in the sportsocracy this morning, weekdays mm-hmm. live on YouTube at 9 a.m. Find us on all the social medias at the sportsocracy. You were talking about Donovan Mitchell and how he just mm-hmm. chose to not play. And, and I basically said with an ankle, you never know. It could swell. There are a lot of things right. that go on with ankles. Right. We didn't take into account that this could have been the team saying he's not going to play. No, because why would you make that decision as a team? Why would you look at a guy and say, yeah, we don't need you. It's game one. And maybe that's it. Maybe they just don't fear Memphis and they're like, you know what? Let's, let's be 120% sure that the ankle's okay before we trot you out there. But he's not happy about it. He was told he was ready to go. And then, you know, late in the game or late before the game, they came to him and said, sorry. Where you're not playing tonight, which only has now apparently just exacerbated all of his harsh feelings that he has toward the front office and the running of that team. I mean, that's long been discussed that there were there are problems behind closed doors. Uh-huh. There. And I won't be surprised if he has an I'm out of there moment like Julio Jones is having. I wouldn't either. I mean, there was the, the, the quote-unquote feud between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Did we ever determine what was really true about that? I mean, how animus the relationship got between the two of them? It got ugly, but it was apparently smoothed over. Right. And there is a thought that Dwayne Wade, who is now part owner of the Utah Jazz and very close with Donovan Mitchell, is going to be able to smooth all these things over. Uh-huh. There's been a lot of contentious with, with Donovan Mitchell. A lot. There's been a lot of him trying to explain things on Twitter. And that's what that's what this was today. Right. It's him coming out. His frustrations. What am I about to say? Who wanted you to know that? Because mm-hmm. he was getting killed on social media for not playing. Was. And he made real sure that everybody knew. Wasn't my call. Yeah. If it was up to me, I'd have been out there. And I can't say I blame him for it. Now, in terms of what you asked me, am I more impressed that that Memphis won? No, not really. Yeah, I mean, if they're missing their best player and you beat them, you know, on a late shot that, and you had John Morant who played out of his mind, right? Him and Dylan Brooks. Yeah, I mean, I I just look at the series. I still see no way that Utah's going to lose. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell or no Donovan Mitchell. I agree. I won't be shocked if that's the only game in this series that they lose. And it's over in five. The bigger thing is, what can you do to fix this relationship? Because this is a team that could end up in the NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. If they won the West, I don't think anybody would be stunned. At least not people close to the NBA. Right. The casual fan might, because you haven't seen Utah do that in 20-some-odd years. You know, back to John Stockton and Carl Malone. NBA insiders, I don't think they're going to be shocked by this. Utah's been the best team in the NBA all year. Most consistent team in the NBA. Mm -hmm. But now if you have a problem with your star, you're going to have to do something to satiate that. You'd have to think so. And with Donovan Mitchell wanting to be out on the floor and then being told that he can't, I can understand why he would be upset by that and why he would think further, you know what, maybe this is not a good relationship for us moving forward. Which I think is just dumb territory to be in if you're the Utah Jazz. I mean, when was the last time you were relevant? Gordon Hayward, you know, and that and, wasn't even like yeah, relevant, but they were like seven, six, seven seed. 
in the Gordon Hayward days. This is the best they've been. Right. I, I understand what you're saying. Right. But, I mean, there's something to be said for Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert, too. It's not just Donovan Mitchell. And I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm not saying that if Donovan Mitchell leaves, this team is just immediately trash and they're not going to be anything. Now, he's without a doubt the best player on this team. Uh-huh. That's not even debatable. Uh-huh. And they've got some other pieces that I like there. One of oh, the absolutely. one of the Bogdanoviches plays there. Uh, I can't ever remember which one's which. Uh, they're both. Uh, it's pretty easy because both of them are named Boyan Bogdanovich, <laughs> but they're not spelled the same. One's Bogdan and one's Bojan. Yes, I do, I one has a J and one has a G. Right. You got to stop doing that. Don't name your kid. No, don't name your kids Aaron and Aaron and spell them differently. It's it doesn't make sense to me. You don't really think they're brothers, do you? I guess. I don't know. They're not. They're not? They're not not related related at all? At all, actually. I don't know their histories. Yeah, they're not related at all. (laughs) I I assumed that they were. No. (laughs) They're they're not. How many Bogdanoviches can there really be? Come on. A a lot. Yeah, they're not related (laughs) at all. You said that, and I had to stop for a minute, like, Wait a yeah, minute. I have no idea. You you seem shocked by this. Like I, I I am a little, to be honest with you. I was supposed to be up on my Bogdanovich uh history here. No, you've just said that so many times that I would have figured you knew that by now. Don't care. Don't you interchange the are. you interchange the two of them often. I do. Uh, all right, let me ask you what can I actually say to tell you which one was which? Because one of them just went nanners for the Hawks last night. Mm-hmm. That's the one that played for the Kings. Mm-hmm. Came into the league with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that Bojan? <sighs> or Bogdan? Which one? Hour and a half. We made it an <laughs> hour and a half. Before I officially got on your nerves again? Yep. Nice. You made it. By by the way, just so you know, yeah. Boyan Bogdanovich, uh-huh. uh, the name is one of the ma- most famous Serbians of all time. He was an architect that built a lot of things in Serbia. See, no That's clue. where the name comes from. And no clue. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not, I'm, I'm not up on my history. On the weird scale, Serbian history. There's Vegas, there's Florida, <laughs> and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. <laughs> I don't know what's funnier. The fact that I've been under the assumption that these guys are brothers this whole time, and I don't care to investigate, or the fact that Jeremy's surprised by the fact that I had that. It, just, it makes oh, my head hurt. My head. It just makes my head hurt. <laughs> uh, never a good idea to decide to do illegal things to pay off debts. And an Ashtabula, Ohio man, found that out the hard way. Uh, apparently... This man had to uh, had to pay off his lawnmower. He had recently bought a lawnmower, wanted to pay off the debt, because, you know, didn't want that sitting on the credit. So he decides he's going to make money the best way he knows how, or at least the quickest way he can make a lot of money. He apparently took on a contract to make an explosive device for someone. Uh-oh. Yeah, and it did not end well when uh, the 55-year-old Clay Street resident of Ashtabula, Ohio, uh, was declared dead the other day when his garage completely exploded with him inside of it while he was trying to make an illegal IED. Hey, um, not a great idea. Just saying. 
to try to pay off your debts by doing illegal things. Gonna say that that should be a general rule. In fact, selling bombs is not a good idea, period. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that at all. Uh, Because there's another story here of uh, a neighborhood over in England. Got a little little action this weekend when a guy who, you know, he is a metal detectorist. And yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. oh yeah, oh yeah, metal he's one of those detectorist? guys. Yep, they, that, they've got a, they've got a, they've got a title now, a metal detectorist. That's the laziest title I've ever heard in my life. Uh, yeah, which <laughs> a metal detectorist? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm a mullet wearerist from here on out. That's my new name. Uh, I imagine yes, this guy does wear socks with his sandals on I'm, the beach with the with the headphones on, trying to find things on the beach. Yeah, so. I'm a bird fearerist. <laughs> He goes out, Mark Williams is his name, 51 years old, and uh, he finds what he thinks is just an old war relic. Oh, no. Yep. Uh, And he decides it's got to be worth some money, so he puts it up for sale on eBay with the title WW2 German Incendiary Bomb Genuine Authentic Southampton Blitz. Condition used problem is not used and thankfully there was a person who saw his listing on ebay and went dude that's a live round and of course with all uh you know what's it been 80 years now all of that uh history on said incendiary device they had to call in the bomb squad shut down four blocks around his house (laughs) 10 minutes Thankfully, it was only up for like 10 minutes before the cops were called and said, hey, y'all need to go do this. I hope that will be the end of his metal detectoring. (laughs) My story is a little bit more warm and fuzzy than yours. There are words that I never thought I would say out loud. Landon Melvin is a nine-year-old from uh, Plainfield, Indiana. Okay. And he was doing a nice thing for his father, Michael Melvin. They bought a car. It was a Chevy Suburban. They bought it in September. And apparently, Mr. Melvin, the older Mr. Melvin, the the father, really likes his car. And so his nine-year-old was going to clean out the Suburban to make a little money from his father. Well, he made more than he planned on. Mm -hmm. Because when he went to vacuum out underneath the floor mats, he found an envelope with $5,000 in it. Do what? Apparently, there was a South Carolina couple that sold this car uh, Mr. Melvin found it. They bought it. They apparently have not taken the floor mats out since they bought this car. Mm-hmm. And when the younger Melvin was cleaning out the car, he found an envelope and got a little curious. And there was $5,000 in $100 bills inside envelope. Wow. Now, here's the the how, the how heartwarming part of it. Uh, well, part oh, of they it. sent the money the, back. The older Mr. Melvin, apparently when, when the child came to him, he went, that's not true. His quote was, I was like, whatever, he's nine. I'm like, you found something? Okay. He says, no, Dad, I really did. I walk over, I see it, I reach down, I say, you know, what is this? And I'm thinking it's probably paperwork or something. The paperwork was indeed $5,000. So the elder Mr. Melvin contacted the family that sold the car, and the family insisted that the younger Melvin keep $1,000 of it as a finder's fee. Oh, well, how nice, because they didn't know the money was there either. Correct. Well, they lost it. (laughs) So the family is from South Carolina. Oh, they, they did apparently, lose the money. Th- yeah, they okay. lost it. Yeah, the family told them they had driven the suburban to Florida for a cruise in 2019 and had misplaced the envelope during the trip. 
They thought the money was just gone when the family contacted them. They were very relieved that their money had been returned. And so they gave a thousand of it to the okay. nine year old okay. Landon Melvin. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Five thousand dollars in cash. It was all in a hundred dollar bills? Yes. It was in an envelope. Yes. Were they all spread out like just single bills in a giant envelope underneath the floor? I feel like at some point in the last two years, there should have been, you know, I don't know, somebody noticed a lump in the underneath the, the floor mat. We're going to do this again in a seven-minute period. What? You do realize that $5,000 in hundreds is not that thick, right? Like you've Not enough what, to make a floor mat stick up? Not if it's a weather tech like mine. <laughs> okay. I mean, you do. You watch too many Breaking Bads that you think, like, they show up with a million dollars in cash and it fills the back of a no, Tahoe. No, stop that. Do you know what a million dollars in cash looks like? It wouldn't fill a briefcase. Right. Like, period. Right. Dodgeball had that 100% right. Right. When they show up and go, here's your your, your uh, uh, payoff, and it was two <laughs> stacks of cash. Like, yeah, that's what that actually looks like. No, you would not notice five thousand. Okay, I mean it's it literally it's probably not even. I I would say that's not even an inch thick. Really? No, it's only fifty bills. Have you ever had fifty? Stop! I was about to, that. Was about to ask you a stupid re- question. Yeah, really. Like now, who's asking stupid yeah. questions? <clears throat> I can't mentally wrap my brain. When was around the, the fact- last time you had five thousand dollars wrapped in unmarked bills? Uh, never. How about that? Casino, Atlantic City, twenty seventeen. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Mistakes it were made. All mistakes were made. <laughs> Caribbean cruise, two thousand nineteen. To me, this, night, to me I this feels far fetched. You lose five thousand dollars, and you didn't think to look under the floor mats. Now that part, come on. You know what? I'm, I'm, and you know, maybe this is Boyan and Boyan Bogdanovich all over again. But <laughs> five thousand dollars is not the same to every person. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, that was just the tip money. Is that what well, that was? That was know, their tip money, and they're like, ah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's five thousand dollars. We don't need it. There's a line. Uh huh. You're 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 frugal. Let's put it that way. I am you're a frugal individual. Uh, you could say cheap. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. With expletives at the end of it. Yeah, like, you and you and birds have something in common because you are both very cheap. cheap. <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> I I'm could, still stuck on the fact that, like, how thick do you think a, a five thousand dollar wad is? I mean, like an inch at least. Yeah, well, they're they're not riding around with the paper floor mats from the dealership. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a it's probably a substantial mat. It's a suburban. Okay, it's a not necessarily a working vehicle, but it could be. I mean, I have WeatherTech mats in my car. Yeah. Uh, the funniest I still part of the feel story like at me, some point you would have either a noticed a lump or something the the, the the you know the the mat not sitting correctly or look under the floor mat. The heartwarming part of this is that the the younger Melvin, when asked where the uh, where the money went, he said it's upstairs in my room. I've just been thinking and thinking of all the stuff I could buy. Can you imagine being a nine year old kid and somebody gives you a thousand dollars? No. I, when I, I was nine, I thought twenty dollars was like all the money in the world. I don't know that I could really imagine being a nine year old kid finding five grand underneath a floor mat in my dad's car and not going. Uh, 
Uh, what money? That was, I have no idea. Yeah, um, Dad, can I, I you have, take me to the baseball card shop? I have no <laughs> doubt that's exactly how that would have gone. Uh, the the older Mr. Melvin uh, was asked what was the first thing he did when he discovered that his child had actually found five thousand dollars under the other floor uh, yeah. under the floor mats. Yeah, you, you want to know what his response to that was? What I checked the other floor mats. <laughs> Oh, Never know. Why wouldn't they, you? Maybe they spread it across the car. I might rip that whole car apart. <laughs> if you're hiding money under the floor mats, who knows where else it is? This has been an interesting 20 minutes. Or, uh, wow, it's only been 12. <laughs> that, is, that is time flies. <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. Uh, yes. Two guys had the same name. They had to be brothers. Hey. <laughs> Do you know how many Jeremy Greens there are in the world? Because it's like a bajillion. And you're not related to the whole? No. Is I am not a, how this works? I am in a Facebook group with them. <laughs> I'm not making that Y'all have a Jeremy Green oh, Facebook yeah. group? Oh, and there's like 600 nice. of us in it, too. Nice. There are four Tank Spencers on Facebook. I'm friends with all of them. Yeah, we were we were not as cool. I think it was, it was Jacob Smith or something like that. There was some very basic name. Yeah. And I actually almost told this story a couple weeks ago. They have a Facebook group, and apparently they put out coordinates that they were going to meet, and they did, and they fought each other with wiffle ball bats or nerf things or something <laughs> to determine who the real Jacob Smith or something like that was. Nice. I, I would like to coordinate something like that. Okay. You know, win the battle of the Jeremy Greens. Yeah, the only problem is that that Facebook conversation gets real dull real fast. I'm like, oh, okay. Let's mute notifications. <laughs> I'm not sure what to take from that. Oh, that was the only thing we have in common is that we all have the same name. I talk about three things, and two of them involve sports. Watching sports, and shall we say profiting from watching Mm -hmm. sports. Mm -hmm. That's it. I don't talk about anything else. So not a lot in common with the other Jeremy Greens. Yeah, as soon as one of them asked me if I was a Capricorn or a oh, or, no. a, or a Hyundai oh, or whatever, I, I don't know what all those signs are. And as soon as they said, I said I have to wash my hair, and I used the notifications, and it's been that way for about two years. Uh, yesterday was a big day down in South Carolina, Kiowa Island. We had the PGA Championship, and Phil Mickelson shocked everybody. I mean. Phil Mickelson, we all know who he is. We all know how great he is, but it's also we all know how great he once was. And nobody felt like Phil Mickelson was going to be a threat in the PGA Championship. What was it, like a year? Or no, it's been longer than that. What It's been since he won an event? Since 2013? Eight years. It's been eight years since he won a PGA Tour event. And I don't think in that time he had finished in the top 20 at a major. I think I, I read that earlier today. I don't know the answer to that. He was no threat at the PGA Championship going into the week. And then as you watched it, you just... I mean, am am I the... I'm, I know I'm not the only one, but are we all together as a as a majority that we all just glommed on to Phil? We all wanted to see this happen after he was the leader in day two? Because I'm starting to feel like there was not one soul on the planet who was going, oh, I don't want to see Phil Mickelson do it. I really want to see Brooks Kepka make this comeback. Yeah, I don't no. th- I don't think there was one of those. It was the it, it was the emotional story of the weekend. And now you do understand he's won events. This is the first time he's won a The major. majors, yes. Yeah, he actually won uh, Pebble Beach two years ago. Right. 
But I think the stat was that since he had won his last major in 2013, he had not finished in the top 20 of a major. He won the Open in 2013, and then he won the PGA this year. Yeah. I mean, it was a great story. If you can't get behind that, you're just out on golf, which is fine. (laughs) It's like me in baseball. I'm out on baseball. Mm -hmm. There is nothing that could happen that would make me go all the way in. Right. Because I got a lot of messages on Twitter like, I just can't get into golf. Well, if you didn't get into it today, uh, you could probably write that one off forever because I don't think you're going to get into it. (laughs) It's fine. It was great. It was just great to finally see crowds back. Oh, yeah. The crowd on the 18th was phenomenal. Well, I mean, to everybody but Brooks Kapka. He was was less than thrilled. uh, Yeah. I love Brooks Kapka. I still don't know what I feel about Brooks Kapka. I love Brooks Kapka. You know why? Because we have a mutual enemy. Phil Mickelson? Nope. Slow playing Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a mutual enemy. We both love Florida State, so uh, we're fine. Me and Brooks will be we're just, right. just fine. Right. Uh, well, you know, Brooks and, and Phil, they have a history together. And I didn't know about this until earlier today, and I feel like I just I, I want to tell the story. Because apparently when Brooks Kepka was like nine years old, his dad took him to the Masters, and they apparently had some decent access and he got into the player's parking lot and ran around all day long trying to get as many golfer's signatures as possible. And I think he had somewhere in the neighborhood of like 50 signatures. He said not one single guy ever turned him down for an, for, for an autograph that entire day. Until? Until <laughs> he found himself coming upon Phil Mickelson. And Phil Mickelson stiffed him. At nine years old, Brooks Kepka had his little autograph book holding it out for old Lefty, and Lefty stiffed him. Which Phil Mickelson is not the guy to to be known for stiffing people on autographs. And Brooks Kepka actually said he thinks he might be the only kid that Phil Mickelson has ever said no to. And so early on the you know early on his days on the tour, like 2011, I think he said it was. That he finally told Phil the story, and Phil said, "Well, he shouldn't have been there. It was the players' parking lot, players only." It's <laughs> fantastic. And then Brooks followed that up with, "I got his autograph now, though." Uh, well, well, I'm sure been, you do. Well, when you told me the story, what I would have found hilarious is if Phil had signed a piece of paper and handed it to him on the 18th green. That would have been, oh yeah, oh, that's the ultimate walk off. Like, <laughs> here you go, kid. Remember when you wanted my autograph? Here you go. I'll sign this for you. Let me let, let me go get this trophy real quick. <laughs> you take your autograph and enjoy that. Right. I'm, I'm gonna go raise this trophy real fast. But there was drama down to the end of the tournament. Phil holding on for the two-stroke win at the PGA Championship, his sixth major win, and of course, yes, he is now the oldest guy to win a major, even older than old Tom Morris. I, I knew you were gonna whoever find a way that to get, is. I, <laughs> Are are you doing it on purpose? No, like you're just now doing it to, I'm, now I'm just, just trying, trying to, to make you. me angry. Yeah, now I'm just you've trying back, to irritate you. You've been back for one day, and I'm already looking at the clock, <laughs> counting upwards. Going, I feel like that's going the wrong direction. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll I'll try to do better. We've got one more segment to go, and I want to see if I can make your head explode before the show's over. You're well, in the sports tag with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. You're in the sports tank. We treat star athletes better because they're better people. That's not fair. 
Life isn't fair, kiddo. Get used to it. 300 to 1. Somebody got Phil Mickelson at 300 to 1 to win the PGA Championship at Kiowa over the weekend. Yep. That that went nicely. <laughs> it was the longest odds that he had ever had to win a major. The question I have to you now, Jeremy, is do you think that Phil Mickelson can parlay this into a nice little sunset walk, or was this the sunset walk? Oh, this was. the. the, the, the I said the same thing about Tiger. Yeah. Uh, when Tiger won it at Augusta. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, there have been three of these moments in the history of golf. It was Jack back in 86, Tiger at Augusta, mm-hmm. Phil at Kiowa. Those are the three we're going to talk about. Of, I mean, and, and Tom Watson had a shot at, at the British a few years ago. Right. We've had guys come close. The chance of you doing it a second time, I don't see being very high. Yeah. I mean, Phil, Phil has not played particularly well for a long time. Now, mm-hmm. he is in much better shape. Mm-hmm. He looked very good over the weekend. But you still got to understand, he th- th- there were... There were some opportunities. Guys just couldn't capitalize on them. Right. When he went in the water on the back nine uh, Saturday, I was afraid. Uh oh, this is this is where it's gonna this is where it's all gonna come tumbling after, mm-hmm. and it didn't. There were a couple of those times. Uh, very much so. When he was what he was. when he chipped in out of the sand yesterday, I went. Well, that's <laughs> that's all we uh, that 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 should do this. Right. I mean, he was ten under with like six holes to go on Saturday. And then that dwindled down to seven. And then yesterday it was just back and forth. And then, you know, he ended up six under for the entire tournament, but Kepka came up right on his heels. Well, I mean, that course was mean. Uh, that The winds were horrific. Mean. Right? <laughs> Unforgiving, I guess, is the best way you could put that. And so, I mean, it was, it's one of those things that I don't think you'll ever forget. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it on the back nine yesterday just thinking, this is something I'm never going to forget watching. And it's what I love about golf. You know, Phil, I've had an emotional connection, and I was never a big Phil guy. But I've had an emotional connection there for a long time. And and seeing him at 50, almost 51 years old mm-hmm. is something that I'll never forget. You just don't see that in other sports. You don't see a guy that has been completely non-competitive for two years show up and win an NBA title as, as the star player. Right. And it's different it being an individual sport, all the different things. But mm-hmm. it was it was phenomenal. I, I feel bad for people that, that can't get, get into, into it. golf. Yeah, yeah. And I've I have i have learned that if you don't play it, I don't think you get it. I mean, I'm thirty four years old and I can tell you it is a wear on my body to play because I swing very hard. Mm-hmm. And I just look at it with Phil like you're you're competing with these twenty two year old cats. Victor Hovland was in college a year ago. And, you know, you're 50. I mean, you're old enough to be Victor Hovland's dad. Right. And you come out here and just smoke the field. And there's something fantastic about that to me. Absolutely. I mean, you have the, you know, the old grizzled veteran who's out here just, you know, he he knows more about the game of golf than any of these guys. Oh, and that's the beauty of the game is that you get a guy like Phil that's just an absolute tactician. Mm-hmm. You know, you th- and think back to when he went in the water. All right. So he goes in the water. He lets uh, Ustazen hit from the drop zone because he says it passed the red marker. It didn't. That's just Phil in a nutshell saying, yeah, it's fine. Just let him hit from where – I don't care. Right. You go do you. He tees off, puts one right down the center, and then hits an unbelievable approach shot to keep that from being any worse than it could have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's that's what you get in that, that 50-year-old guy that's been on the tour forever. You know, he's he he will be around for a long time.
Now, I think it's going to be hit and miss. I think he'll be competitive. Do I think he can win another one? No, not really. But then again, I didn't think he could win this one. Right. So, what I'm, do I ne- I, I, yeah. I'm never going to put it past him. I'm never going to put it past him. As I, long I mean, as you can drop an iron better than somebody mm-hmm. could throw it, which Phil can and has always been able to do, yeah. you'll always have a shot to get hot over a four-day stretch and catch lightning in a bottle, just right. like he did at Kiowa. Right. He does look like he's in the best shape of his life, though, although he does need to work on that farmer's tan. That is some serious farmer's tan he's got going on there. Just notice it when he when he lifted up the when he lifted up the trophy. It almost made me think. Mm, that looks like fake tan, actually. But then again, who wants to see Phil Mickelson walking around without a shirt on? <laughs> Weird way to end of the day. Uh, I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. It's the Sports Take with Jeremy Green. We'll be with you tomorrow morning in the Sportsocracy uh, on YouTube live every weekday morning at nine a.m.